Happy Monday, Liberty Kitty Cats. And before we jump headfirst into today's fiery debate, which of course our Patreon supporters get to access first, I've got to tell you about an amazing podcast, The Expat Money Show. And here at Lions of Liberty, we spend a lot of time discussing the libertarian philosophy, but The Expat Money Show with Mikkel Thorup helps you take things a step further by answering the question, and then what? Once we understand liberty, what steps do we take to make ourselves more free? And Mikkel Thorup helps you do just that each and every week on the Expat Money Show. Whether it's helping to legally reduce your tax bill, protecting your assets offshore, or coming up with your escape plan, the Expat Money Show is the number one resource for you to figure out how to not just live long, but of course, to live free. To learn more, head over to expatmoneyshow.com. And Mikkel and myself would also like to welcome you over to join the conversation on Facebook by heading over to expatmoneyshow.com slash forum. Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Welcome, my Liberty Kitty Cats, and uh, welcome to everybody watching live in the Lions of Liberty Pride, very secret secret Facebook group for our Patreon supporters. I am here today with a very special debate that's been a long time coming. I think I've been trying to set this up for, for four or five weeks here. Had some delays, mostly due to my fault, uh, but I'm very pleased to have a couple people that I've gotten to know over the years here uh, debating a very contentious topic within Liberty Circles. It has been for some time, uh, the utility of being involved in the Libertarian Party, the utility of the existence of a libertarian party when it comes to advancing the ideas of liberty. Um, we're going to have an official resolution. We're going to be debating. That resolution will be, should the libertarian party be abolished? But first, I'm going to uh, introduce the debaters here, starting with the man who will be speaking in favor of the resolution that the libertarian party should be abolished. Uh, his name is Theodore. He goes by the name Theodore Quinoa. Theodore, are you ready to roar? Let's roar. Awesome, man. And we also, on the speaking against the resolution, should the Libertarian Party be abolished, she is the chair of the Los Angeles Libertarian Party. Uh, she's also very active in the Mises Caucus. Very pleased to welcome Angela McArdle. Angela, are you ready to roar? I'm ready to roar. I'm ready to rumble. All right. Roar and rumble. So this is going to get, this is going to be fun. Oh, what? Now, guys, before I get into uh, your opening statements uh, discussing this resolution, I just want to give you just like eh, 30 seconds to give me the Cliff Notes version, just in case anybody is stumbling upon this interview, this debate, I guess I should say, uh, that doesn't isn't familiar with you guys. You've both been on Lions of Liberty in, in one form or another. But uh, Theodore, just give the quick roundup of what it is you do here in the Liberty Movement. What have you been up to these last couple of years? Hi, Theodore Quinoa, Executive Director, CrowdfundedGovernment.com, on Twitter, at CrowdfundedGov. You can find me as the guy that believes there should be no involuntary taxation. Why don't we voluntarily crowdfund government programs? Oh, and then, I don't know, a few months ago, I decided, why not run for Libertarian Party chair and try to end the party? So thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure. Angela, absolute pleasure. And that is what brought us here. Angela, I, I mentioned you're the uh, chair of the Los Angeles Libertarian Party. That's how I know you. But uh, if you want to just tick off any, any of your other libertarian creds or tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Mark. I am the chair of the L.A. County's Libertarian Party. I have run for Congress twice on the Libertarian ticket. I'm also on the California Executive Committee for the Libertarian Party. And I am the California organizer for the Mises Caucus. All right. Now we're going to start off our opening statements now. 
And we discussed a little, we could probably have an hour long show just debating the format, but uh, let's just call this a formal, <laughs> a formal infor, an informally formal format. So we will have opening statements. We'll try to keep some semblance of structure, but I'm also going to allow a little bit of back and forth, uh, not to the extent that I did in the Dave Smith, Annie Craig quote unquote debate, where I fully admit I did just give up and let those two go at it. Uh, I'm not concerned about that with you two, though. You're both very respectful people, and I don't, I don't anticipate any, any nonsense or any craziness. With that being said, Theodore, if you'd like to take, you know, three to five minutes, I'll have a timer going, but I'm not going to be a Nazi about it. Three to five minutes or so to give us an opening statement speaking in favor of the resolution that the Libertarian Party should, in fact, be abolished. All right. So the resolution that uh, Angela is alt-right is backed up by the idea that she once called Stephen Molyneux great and believes that race and IQ are correlated. Uh, I think we mixed up the topics here. What what happened? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that that was a different dumpster fire. So I am here in favor of dissolving the Libertarian Party. But as you heard in the opener, I am a believer in anti-authoritarianism. I do not believe in coercion. So how could I be against the Libertarian Party or why? Well, I believe the Libertarian Party is not the best way to spread the message of liberty. And paradoxically, it's called the Libertarian Party. What do I think should be done instead? Why would you want to eliminate the Libertarian Party? I believe that the best way to spread liberty would be using a lowercase approach. So not a capital L libertarian, but a lowercase L libertarian. I believe that libertarianism should be local. So we should be attempting local runs as opposed to national or state in order to try to get libertarians in power. And it should be a decentralized approach. So I always thought libertarians were in favor of decentralization. That's exactly what I'm envisioning. I think if you have too much top down, that's where you get a lot of the negativity that develops and a lot of the pushback that libertarians have about the party. So in brief, the idea that I'm proposing is that the best way to spread liberty would be for libertarians to stop using the word libertarian, first of all, anti-authoritarian, I prefer. And a whole other debate show. <laughs> yeah, that we'll, 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 stick on, we'll stick on the topic. And I will say that uh, the best thing that you can do if you want to spread liberty would not be to run for the Libertarian Party. The best thing that you could do would be to run locally as either a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care. They're the same party. Get power and make changes that are positive for liberty. That would have done, if we had been doing that for 50 years instead of national Libertarian Party politics, who knows where the country would be? So that is, in summary, the argument against the Libertarian Party, why we should abolish it. All right. And uh, that's all you got, Theodore. I'm sure you're going to get into a lot more details going forward. Uh, Angela, the floor is now yours. Thank you, Mark. So in 1971, the Libertarian Party was formed by David Nolan and several others in response to the Nixon administration's horror show bullshit and the political homelessness that these guys felt with with Republicans and Democrats. There are actually national, state, and county level parties. And as it says in our statement of principles, we reject the cult of the omnipotent state. We are very active locally. The LP is a direct repudiation of the two-party bullshit that we are force-fed here in America. Now, understandably, people who are passionate about liberty are understandably critical when the party missteps and because of its lack of major electoral wins, which I absolutely admit. But the party exists for more than one reason. It exists to spread the message of liberty in addition to its aim to win elections. We have been cleaning up the messaging and organization of the party over the last couple of years and focusing more on local nonpartisan elections, which is right now really critical 
in order to push back against the tyrannical governors that we're seeing in blue states, sort of like where Theodore and I live. The LP is one of just many weapons in the fight for freedom. And taking one of those weapons out of your war chest, casting it off of a cliff, doesn't help you win the battle against a heavily armed opponent like the American government. So I'm gonna make three major points to explain why dissolving the LP is a stupid and bad idea. First point is that this debate resolution, the Libertarian Party should be abolished, is a fantasy. If the LP is abolished, it will just be restarted again by the members who don't want it abolished or by someone else. That's how organizational structures work and that's how political parties work. You can't wave a magic wand and abolish the party and keep it from reappearing the next day or having a string of lawsuits bring it back from the dead. It's not even possible to abolish it the way that Theodore would like to see it done. The chair of the party can't abolish the party. You won't get the support from the XCOM to do it. You won't get the support from the party to do it. And you won't be able to rally enough troops to become delegates to have it done at convention. This is, quite frankly, a very poorly thought out idea. And I will answer more questions about the details of it later, certainly. My second point is that libertarians cannot successfully infiltrate the two major parties on a large scale. I wish they could. Do you think it's possible to take over the Republican Party if you can't even take over the LP? You must know, everyone must know, that many, many people have already tried to take over the Republican Party and failed. Are you familiar with this thing called the Ron Paul Revolution? The most incredible political liberty movement of the past hundred years that sadly fizzled out by the time the next Republican president took office? Neocons are very aware that libertarians consider taking over their party all the time, and they are constantly on guard for this attack. For example, in 2012, there was an unsuccessful Republican Liberty Caucus coup of the LA County GOP. Libertarians switched Republican. They united with people who were already RLC. Uh, neocons became aware of what was going on, and they doubled their numbers and used tyrannical, typical, dirty political tricks to keep the whole thing from happening. So there's your roadmap for what an attempted takeover will look like. The GOP has been infected with filthy corruption a lot longer than we have, and at a much deeper level. The DNC is, of course, even worse. Do we even need to go there with Donna Brazil, the Clintons, Bernie, the caucus shit show, and all of that baggage? Probably not, but we can. Uh, people who espouse this takeover view are naive, and I'll answer more questions about the mechanics of it later on. Uh, the third point that I'd like to make is that the Libertarian Party exists to spread the message of liberty. And this is more important to me than winning elections. This makes it compatible in some ways with anarchism, and it doesn't cancel out the ability to run serious campaigns either. By keeping the LP in existence, we control our messaging and distinguish ourselves from the baggage that comes with the other two parties. Now, if you don't care about messaging, if you just want to see us sneak into the other two parties, say whatever slogans they say and try to win elections that way, I will refer you to the previous point I made. That is not possible on a large scale. It is frequently tried and it frequently fails. However, I welcome the RLC to reorganize and rebuild itself. And then we can revisit this conversation after they've had more than a handful of wins across the country that don't really impress me because it's about the same amount of wins that libertarians make. So to sum it up, Dissolving the LP is a poorly thought out idea that makes no sense, and it is not widely supported by politically active people in the liberty movement. The party's messaging will be drowned out and lost in the two major parties. You will lose the ability to message, and you cannot control your own optics. 
You also lose the ability to distinguish yourself between the commonly known problems of the two major parties. Let's keep the LP alive because we kind of have to anyway. Okay, great. Now, Angela has provided a little bit of structure here for us by giving us those three points. So I think a good way to go right now, why don't we let Theodore, we'll go one by one through these points. We can even do a little back and forth on them if we like. Uh, why don't we have Theodore now address each of those points, starting with the first one. So the first point, Theodore, is, the, if, is if the LP is abolished, it will just start again by the people who don't want it abolished. You can't really make it go away unless everybody wants it to go away and doesn't want it to come back. So what would you say to that first initial point? You definitely can't control people creating really irrelevant minor parties as we've seen for the past 50 years. I agree. So you concede the first point. Yeah, that's, a, that, that's fine. I'm, I'm sure that when I dissolve the Libertarian Party, that people are going to create another one. And that's fine because the success that we are going to have as lowercase libertarians in local electoral politics are going to make people jump on board. So I'm never worried. It's like, why would the Libertarian Party be worried about the Constitution Party or whatever, right? There's, there's always going to be minor political parties that have no impact because it's a first-past-the-post voting system. So would you say that y your point here is really just you want to encourage as many people as possible in the, that are in the Libertarian Party right now to abandon that party, to abolish it just to the extent that they are going to leave the party and to take this other path. And that is pretty much why you're here out, out advocating this. Yes, you got it. And then I'd like to address a sub point that she had on this fantasy, this number one, the fantasy argument. Um, I don't believe that the, the chair has the power to eliminate the party, but the chair certainly would be representative that there is an impetus to have a disillusion resolution. And that would be all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get in charge in order to make it clear that there is somebody who would like to have this motion in power. And obviously, if I got enough delegate support to be elected, well, guess what? We're going to be having a dissolution resolution. So I don't believe it's an autocratic position. I, there might have been a misunderstanding um, of what you think I think I'm trying to do. So just to make it clear, I'd like to follow the mechanics and legal rules of the party to eliminate it, not get elected and then end it. That would be silly. I agree. Angela, do you care to counter, counter his points at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's how it would work uh, as chair. If you, if you got elected as chair. Okay, so option number one, you'll move that the LNC be abolished and you'll be challenged and have to hand the gavel over to the vice chair because you're biased. If you don't, uh, you'll be censured. Your motion will be called out of order by the vice chair. If it's not, people will vote against your motion if it goes forward, but it will probably die for a lack of second. You'll then be removed as chair at the next LNC meeting unless another meeting is called to remove you first. Option two, if you make it as chair without being removed for two years, which would probably not happen, you'll try to force a bylaws change at the convention where it will be struck down in a similar fashion. In order to get close to getting it passed, you'll need to convince more than 690 people. That's more than two-thirds of the 1,046 delegates. Uh, you would need to get over 690 people to be delegates. And that is going to be really difficult in state and county level parties that are very tight and have known each other for years. It's You have to get elected to be a delegate. You can't just join the party and go. Um, there are the, the, the part about the hypothetical is that if I were elected, clearly I would have a lot of delegate support. Sure, but not two-thirds support to get this done. And then we could talk about whether or not it's realistic that you would get elected. You yeah. are an outsider. Outsiders don't get elected. Uh, Todd Hagopian is an incredibly successful individual. He is a great principled libertarian. He's running a local campaign. He's got money. He tried to jump into the 
the 2018, no, the, the 2020 chair convention, the race, uh, not long not long after other people had announced, and he was quite frankly laughed out because he had no experience chairing the party and he hadn't been involved and people just didn't, they weren't having it. And he's a great guy, you know, and he wanted to really shake things up. And I, quite frankly, I believe he can. The Mises Caucus right now, we're about 30% of the delegation. I don't know the exact numbers. We're in the thousands as far as our membership goes. So that would be pretty intense uh, to try to beat us in two years. And it's also very difficult to get people to join a movement just to abolish it. But we could see, you know, we could see how that goes. Yeah, so uh, to, to address that point, um, I'm looking for people like you, maybe not you specifically, to help me figure this out. By no means do I think I understand the party mechanics or all the ins and outs or the in, of the inner party, right? Uh, but more importantly, I would like to move past point one because let's focus on, as opposed to the reality of me, Theodore Quinoa, loser from Chicago, abolishing the party, let's focus on the idea of why the Libertarian Party should exist, maybe, just because otherwise we'll go back and forth about all the inner party mechanics until midnight. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll just leave that point aside then for now. The listeners can uh, judge themselves. Yeah, I'll, 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 give, I'll give point one to her that I'm going to require incredible support from knowledgeable people. I'm well aware. I, I, you cannot do something like this alone. Okay, fair enough. Uh, do you want to add anything to that, Angela, before we move on, or are you good to move on from there? Uh, we can move on. I would just say that the first point, in my opinion, is the most important point. I mean, I disagree. It's the least important point, because even if I'm not successful, one day somebody will be in my shoes. So the philosophy, the, the point of the debate is, should it be abolished? And yes, uh, am I the person to do it is not the debate topic. Clearly, I'm not. I mean, I'm not even the guy to spread crowd and government. I'm, I'm terrible at these things. Right. But here I am. Well, I don't think that's based in reality, but I'm happy to go on and we just disagree. And that's, you know. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I think we can move on from here and really discuss the idea at hand. Whether the mechanics work, whether Theodore's the one to do it, whether it's even possible is a conversation. But I like to get into really the theory and the philosophy. So let's let's dig more into that stuff. And why don't we move on to Angela's other points and, and let you counter those. So her second point was that people have been trying to do this for, for years, Theodore. People have been trying to infiltrate the big two parties. And as Angela mentioned, you know, the Ron Paul movement was probably the, the maybe one of the biggest movements to do that. But even that just couldn't work and just didn't work out. And now the, the Republican Liberty Caucus has basically fizzled away to zero. So what is your counter to that point that this has been tried, people have tried to do it, the big part two parties are just too powerful, too strong, and have no interest in libertarian ideas? So that's the reason why, in my opening statement, I discussed the importance of localism. I think it's insane what uh, people tried to do with this Ron Paul revolution at the top level, the RNC and DNC. You and I agree, Angela, on it. The RNC and DNC are completely corrupt. Um, they are completely, uh, they have rigged the system against uh, major entry and changes at the national and mostly at the state levels as well. So I'm I'm under I'm under no no illusion that it's possible to change those two. The strategy that I would outline for you in order to better articulate your second objection would be that we should be going locally as possible. And you did mention actually that one thing the Libertarian Party has been going after is these local nonpartisan uh, elections, and I think that's great because the less of a chance that people will say the word libertarian, the better chance they have of getting elected. So I like that. I like local. I like the local approach. But again, the word libertarian means a lot of nasty things. Angela, if you say the word libertarian to your average Joe in the street, do they have a positive or negative opinion of your party? 
I can say whatever I want because I'm an attractive female. Uh, what is what is the, what what kind of response do you get though when you when you bring up libertarian, especially out here in, in Los Angeles, to you know just the sure. random person on the street? I convinced my Uber driver last night to switch his registration to libertarian. He was going Republican from Democrat. He was I mean, freaking he, he, out he, over riots. He's also looking for a tip though. Sure. And this that helps. But you, but you asked, so I answered. I got you. No, the, the point that I'm trying to make, and I guess it's it might largely be clouded by, of course, the irrationality of Twitter or just the fact that I live in Chicago, a very strange place to be a libertarian. But it seems to me that people conflate the ideas of libertarianism and they don't ever conflate them with the good stuff. Right. They never say, oh, yeah, libertarians, you guys are the ones that want to be free. You guys are the ones that want the government to get off our backs. They're always saying stuff like you guys are into pedophilia. You don't believe in laws against pedophilia. You guys are into some crazy stuff. That is just always, it's everything. And here's the thing, Angela, I can't even come up with it all. They come up with a new one every single day. You see it on Twitter. Libertarians say this. Libertarians say that. It's such a dirty word. So to transition back to the second point that you had made, um, my goal is not to infiltrate the major party at a federal level or at a state level. My idea is that people go county by county, city by city. They try as hard as they can to get elected as whichever is most likely to be elected, Republican or Democrat. Say what you got to say to get elected because all that matters in politics, and we're going to get to this on the third point, all that matters in politics is power, Angela. Talk is cheap. You guys have been talking for 50 years, and I cannot point to a single major piece of legislation anywhere that the libertarians can put a signature on. Let's, if you don't mind, I'd like to dig down that aspect a little bit, because that's the one point that when we did our interview a month or two ago, Theodore, about this concept uh, that you really hammered home and that you really try to put out there is, is can, can the Libertarian Party, can we actually point to an accomplishment of sorts or any kind of law or any kind of actual change in the political system that is due to the Libertarian Party? And I think that is one of your biggest overall criticisms that you just haven't seen the Libertarian Party do anything um, <clears throat> worth actually, you know, pointing at in terms of political change. So what would your response to that be, Angela, that just in terms of what the Libertarian Party's effectiveness at the political level has been up to this point? Okay. Well, Jeff Hewitt was elected uh, at the Riverside County Supervisor level. He is one of five county supervisors. For context, Riverside County, I believe, is the fifth largest populated county in the country. It, um, he has more administrial, executive, whatever you want to call it, power uh, under under his belt than does than do most state assembly members in middle America. Some I'll have his, to say, Angela, with that one point, you've really got me convinced. Well, it may be, Mr. President, if you don't mind, uh, I'll keep going. So before Jeff Hewitt was elected county supervisor, he was the mayor of Cali Mesa and he got rid of the CalPERS union, saved the people who lived in Cali Mesa millions of dollars. That's one of the reasons that he was elected as county supervisor. And as county supervisor, he also worked really aggressively with basically a filibuster that took many, many hours to get the county un out of lockdown ahead of other counties. So I'd say that that's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good example on the local level, which is what we're focusing out on. Of all, out of all the political offices in the country, what percent do you think are filled by third party members as opposed to Republican or Democrat? Uh, I don't know the percentage, but I could tell you that right now there's about 231 people currently holding local office. We got a congressman 
at least for another month or so. There were 168. Who was who was not who was not elected as libertarian? Could you please add that to the list? Well, I think everyone knows that. Okay, but you you made it sound as though a libertarian won a federal. No, I um, didn't. No, you read that in. Yeah. Um, There's approximately 85 libertarians running for office in Texas. We've got, I think, around 20-something running in California, mostly local offices. Pennsylvania and Florida have the most people running in local offices. We have a thing that we're doing that's modeled off of the Florida success story. It's called Operation First Steps, getting people to run for local offices. So we're seeing a tremendous ground swelling right now. The thing that sucks about it right, right in this moment is 2020 with all the stupid lockdown bullshit. It's difficult for really anyone to run in any party unless you already have staunch support within, you know, the, the corrupt inner core of the major parties. Yes, I will agree with you on that. And I've heard a lot of talk on that of the Young Americans for Liberty. Um, they try this door knocking campaign. They had a really good strategy for 2020 and it all got thrown out by uh, Corona. So in a, in a way, it is unfair to, to state that, you know, if try to use 2020 as an example of why the Libertarian Party sucks. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that and I won't use it directly to say, oh, well, look, look at how bad you guys are doing because it's very hard for any new new politicians to fight the establishment right now because you can't go knock and door to door. You can't have huge gatherings in many places. So I get that. And I'll acknowledge that. The, the point that I made a few minutes ago, I'll make it again because I really want it to be known that there are virtually statistically out of all political offices, no libertarians in power. And you, you do have a list. I, I looked at the list on, on Wikipedia myself. Yes, there are some, but in politics, power is what matters not the idea that you're running and not the idea of getting a onesie twosie here or there. My final point on this would be imagine, imagine if thousands of these people who, in my opinion, are wasting their time running for libertarian uh, political office simply ran as Republican or Democrat and didn't use the word libertarian. Do you think they would be more successful or less successful at infiltrating the duopoly? I don't think they'd be more successful at all because people have been trying that as long as these parties have been around. We've got Rand Paul. We've got one senator. We have like two people. Uh, federal, left. federal again, Angela, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt, though, but I'm not, I'm not making a federal argument. I'm not making the, the, the Ron Paul, Rand Paul argument. Let me step in for a minute, because I think this is one thing just uh, as someone who's somewhat of an atheist on this issue. Uh, I just want to see liberty, however the hell we get it. Uh, you know, what Theodore is really keeps going back to and emphasizing is that he is not looking at this as a national campaign strategy, a national level strategy. He's looking at it as, on the local level. At the same time, what Angela's pointing out as most of the major successes, whether it's Jeff Hewitt or many of the other hundreds of libertarians that are elected, they are all at the local level. So it just strikes me as interesting that at the end of the day, you are really both both pointing to the success of whatever you want to do, being at the local level, not being so much on the national level. And, you know, it makes me think, does it even matter? Does it even matter if people run on the local level as a libertarian, if they're able to do it? I mean, if they're able to get in power at that at that local level, does it matter that they did it under a libertarian? Or to you, Angela, does it matter that they did it as a Democrat or Republican, if at the end of the day, they are libertarians themselves that are actually getting to office, not just people that are flapping their gums about it? And either you can, that's just a comment of mine, but either you can respond to it if you like. Well, I'll tell you that at the local level, most of the elections are nonpartisan, so you can't actually register register as Republican or Democrat. And that, I think, is a great thing. But that's the reason why, in addition to trying to drop the party label, I really want to work on the idea of dropping the philosophical label. Because, Angela, anti-authoritarianism wins. 
Freedom wins. Liberty and libertarianism are dog whistles that indicate pedophilia and all sorts of other BS. And it's not fair, by the way. I'm not saying that it's right or fair because you and I both do wood chipper memes. You know, we get it, man. We are we're just because you're libertarian does not mean that you don't support uh, age of consent, uh, uh, age of consent considerations in the community. It just means that you might say, hey, listen, there might be better ways to do it than the way that we do it from that statist uh, authoritarian, totalitarian approach. But ultimately, I guess I'm just trying to drive home this point that I'm trying to think locally and I'm trying to increase the availability for liberty to spread. And I'm trying to get rid of this libertarianism idea. It's a dirty word. And I don't know why we fight so hard to spread it when we should be spreading anti-authoritarianism and freedom. But I guess, Mark, you'd mentioned not really on the debate. So if we can get to number three, because um, on the major party issue, you have a really good point on the federal side and the state side, and I agree. We're going to need at least five to 10 years of success at the local level before we can even start to reshape the party structure at the state level and forget about the federal level. You and I are on board on that. It seems like a very difficult battle to fight um, on that national stage. I'll admit that's going to take decades to get to that point. So that's that's fair. But, you know, you and I might be able to both agree the Libertarian Party isn't going to get there nationally anytime soon either. Angela, do you have any any other points you'd like to make on, on that second point uh, about yeah. Libertarians infiltrating the big two, even if it's not at the national level, even if we are talking about more at the local level? Sure. So regarding optics, I'd say right now the Democrats supporting cuties are definitely the pedo party and Republicans. People think they're injecting themselves <laughs> with bleach. So you have pro children twerking. And then you have bleach drinkers. So don't get too caught up. Don't get too hung up on, you know, like a bad image because everyone is disgusting right now. I'm for bleach drinkers twerking personally, but that's, that's a whole weird thing. There we go. That's the Everybody's bipartisan approach. Yeah. yeah. Trying to bring people together. I want to bleach my <laughs> eyes when I sometimes look at social media. But. Yes. All right. So let's move on to this third big point. And maybe in some ways it is tied in. Maybe we can't avoid... Um, the topic of whether the word libertarianism is just is just too um, you know too far gone in terms of public perception. Uh, that's a conversation we've had in Lions Liberty as well. I mean, Brian has, has brought that up on his show a number of times, saying that he thinks the word libertarian is just gone. We should just abandon it altogether. I don't know what word we replace it with. Um, Anti-authoritarianism. In, in your case, anti-authoritarianism. Um, but you know, why don't we just get into this idea of whether you know liberty overall, or libertarian party, or the ideas of libertarianism? You know, <clears throat> this. Idea idea of whether it's there to spread a message of liberty and whether that is more important than winning elections. That is what Angela contests, that spreading this message and getting more people interested in the message is actually more important than winning elections. Uh, so let's just focus on that point for a second. What would you say to that general idea that spreading the ideas of liberty for Theo, that, that spreading the ideas of liberty, um, isn't? you would say it's not more important than, than actually winning election and getting into power, correct? Right. And uh, I believe that this is the fundamental mistake that I think a lot of libertarians think is that a political party's design is to spread ideas. And I must offer a counterexample. Let's say that you op operated an organization that was trying to spread the ideas of health and fitness. And it's a wonderful idea, right? Everybody wants to be a part of the organization that believes in health and fitness. But every year they send out a bunch of people who are overweight and they crawl in a marathon. And why would that spread health and fitness? To that same point is how I see what the Libertarian Party does, which is that's great that they had these beliefs, but every time it comes time to 
execute the beliefs. And execution in politics is power, not talk. Talk is cheap. Power is what actually Power is what takes away my liberty. Power is the reason that the government takes my liberties with these laws. The only way to change that is to be elected. So that's the reason why I take this very pragmatic approach, which is let's not be the health and fitness organization that crawls people who are massively overweight and unhealthy through a marathon. Let's decentralize. Let's go local. Let's think about different ways of spreading the messages other than a party that only represents, and this is not my opinion, ask anybody. The Libertarian Party represents failure. So a failing organization is not the best method to spread liberty. Angela? Sure. Okay. Well, I think that's a poor analogy, but we could go into that another time or later. Um, I don't think that it's possible to get power. I'm going to reiterate, as I did in this third point, point number two. People have been trying to successfully infiltrate the two major parties for decades. Even when we seem to almost get close to the top, it doesn't happen. Not only does it happen, but the little bit of work that we did accomplish through the RLC was just decimated under Trump's populism. The RLC- it's a national argument. Angela, I'm sorry, but every time you do this, I'm not arguing that we should go change the RNC. I agree with you that it's rigged. I agree with you that they're, they're not going to allow outsiders in and they're not going to allow you, me to do what I'm saying. So- that's not a federal idea. I'm not trying to tell you to change the RNC. If you use that argument again, I don't know, third time's a charm. Okay, okay so let, Mr. Let's, President. Let's, so try how to, ab- let's try to focus on um, on just what Theo is saying is his argument that this infiltration, uh, so to speak, should all occur at the, at the very local level. So maybe you can just address the, that aspect of it. Actually. Yeah, Theo has no metric for success. He's not given me any data on the number of people who are running as Republicans or Democrats at the local level. He's given me absolutely nothing. So I'm giving you data points, I'm giving you statistics on local wins, and I've got nothing else. It's just sort of this fantasy, oh, if we do this thing, and I'm like, well, we're already doing this thing. There are also a lot of people who've run probably with no party preference or apolitical campaigns that are somewhat libertarian. But to have me argue against something that has absolutely no substance in it, you're not going to really going to come across, or you're you're not going to get a balanced counter argument. Angela, I got to have you rephrase that just so I can keep it for the memes. Tell me about the Libertarian Party in power. No, why don't you reiterate what you're saying about globalization? That's fine. I'm here to tell you that getting power is what matters in politics. You guys can talk. How do you get power? You run as a Republican or a Democrat at a local level. You don't say the word libertarian. You win, and then you change laws to increase my liberty, which is what the Libertarian Party should be doing. And they don't, and they can't. Hey there, kitty cats. I need to take a quick time out here to tell you about another awesome Libertarian podcast. This is our good friends, Nate and Charlie, over at Good Morning Liberty. These son of a guns, they do this thing five days a week, and they absolutely kill it. Uh, these guys are both musicians, and they both actually own a business working in the healthcare IT industry. So they've seen a lot of what goes on in a highly intervened in market like healthcare. So they have a lot of great insights, and they really do a bang-up job talking 
talking about current events and really speaking to a lot of the news that's in the headlines and filtering it all through the ideas of liberty and kind of uh, shutting down socialist solutions that come up. So you can find more by subscribing on all your favorite podcast app. Wherever you listen to this one, you can probably find, not probably, you can definitely find Good Morning Liberty, or you can check out their website, BernieLies.com. What a great name. And Nate and Charlie even just did a great interview with today's other sponsor, Mikkel Thorup of the Expat Money Show. You got to check that out. The synergy, the synergy, my friends, it's amazing. So please do check out Good Morning Liberty wherever you find your podcasts. And of course, check out their website, BernieLies.com. Thea, one, one point I want to ask you on here is when you say, you know, you don't say the word libertarian, you get in power and then you change. I just want to be clear about what you're advocating strategy wise. Are you advocating that that people that have libertarian ideals uh, go into these parties, say whatever, like don't even try to sort of run as libertarian, even a small L and then just kind of change what they've said they're going to do to just, you know, go full, kind of rip the shirt off and, go and say, hey, I was a libertarian and then start doing libertarian things. Or would you simply argue that they perhaps don't emphasize the word, but are still kind of putting out the libertarian position so that they're not just flipping on a dime when they get into office. Which which of those would you more be kind of actually promoting as the actual strategy? Mark, freedom sells. Freedom is sexy. Freedom is what this country was founded on, individual liberty. Somehow the word liberty is what got twisted around. So I'm a believer that in order to get power, politics is sausage making. And I am a pragmatic. So obviously the Mises uh, idealists are not into this idea. But then again, the Mises idealists haven't had much electoral success. So my argument is say what you got to say. And sometimes you may have to go along with ideas that may be authoritarian. They may be not in everybody's best interest. But sometimes in politics, you have to do what you got to do. What I would tell you is I would much rather have a politician in power as my mayor of Chicago with 20% libertarian beliefs and 80% democratic instead of what I got now, which is 100%. I'll take anything that I can get. I'll take any incremental steps toward liberty, and I don't understand why you would rather be right instead of more free. Angela. This is made up. I mean, you don't have any data to back up this idea. You haven't given any success stories of people running locally as the other party, then flipping and completely doing something else. Now you're saying that it's okay to run and just be 20% libertarian. I, I mean, it doesn't sound like any of this is based in anything that you've seen happen in reality. So you've had 50 years, Angela. How many more years do you need a Libertarian Party failing before you admit that I'm right? Right about what? You just, you have a theory. Yeah, I have a theory the Libertarian Party should be abolished. And the sooner we get rid of it, the sooner we're actually going to start winning elections with small L, lowercase libertarians who will increase liberty in various communities around the country. That's the argument. You have a theory that will run under another banner, even though it's a nonpartisan election, and then will lie to get into office, and then will pull the mask off, be libertarians but not use the word, and somehow maintain power. That doesn't happen. I mean, it's like you've never, I don't think you have any political experience in local elections, and you're just making stuff up. All right. So the argument that I made was not that they should pull the mask off and then whoop de doo we're going to do something different. Do what you said you're going to do for the most part. But freedom is sexy. That's what I'm trying to say is that if we can get the if we can get a freedom idea as opposed to liberty or libertarianism, you will fit right in on a Republican debate stage. You'll be talking about economic freedom. You'll fit right in on a Democratic debate stage. You'll be talking about social freedom. These are very simple things to do that you don't have to completely change your spots. But yes, I will tell you this, that politics 
is sausage making. And anybody who thinks that you're going to get elected with a 100% idealistic libertarian party philosophy is going to have terrible electoral results for the past 50 years and probably the next 50. When we're talking about local elections here, um, Theodore, and, and your your big thing is you don't think people should be running under a libertarian banner or uh, you know using that word libertarian because it might turn people off. Do you... Does it really matter to you if, if at the end of the day, it's all about the sausage making and all about getting things done? Does it matter to you? Like, why does, or I guess to say, why does it matter to you if, as Angela has pointed out, there are several hundred at least libertarians that have gotten into office, many of them in nonpartisan elections, so they didn't have to necessarily wear that libertarian banner, at least in that same way. Uh, Jeff Hewitt is, is an example where he is a libertarian, he is active in the party, uh, very active in the party, and he won a nonpartisan election. So, do you have any, I mean, I guess I would say, why are you opposed to? To even for the people it is working for, because there are certainly some people at the local level, which is what you advocate, that it is working for, even in the Libertarian Party. What problem would you have of them continuing to do it under this third party if it is working for them, if they're able to win these nonpartisan elections, even while using the word libertarian, even while promoting the ideas and using that word? Well, Angela said, and it's true, that people will probably still carry the libertarian banner even after I eliminate on a national level. And that's okay. Go ahead. But I'm telling you this, that when the incredible success that we find of thousands of politicians, because right now, what I see happening in the Libertarian Party is there's incredibly smart people, very great candidates who have very good visions for America, and none of them have a snowball's chance in hell. Uh, this is what needs to be fixed, Mark. That's why I'm trying to say these people need to be in power because they have very good ideas. Remember, I'm not anti-libertarian, right? I'm very much in favor of liberty. But all these people, I can't believe the amount of political capital and intelligence that we waste putting them in elections where they don't even get past a single digit. All right, Angela, I'm going to let you just respond to, to the, okay. uh, that last point. Either this theory is all just completely made up, you have no political experience and you're just uh, making something up, or you and I are talking past each other because people already run in nonpartisan offices as libertarians all the time. They get I mean, that, elected, that's actually an argument for me, though. That's my argument. That, I, get, that proves my point, that we need they, them in nonpartisan. No. Dude, Mr. President, let, let check yourself. Let her finish this and then we'll go back to you. Yeah. They get elected less often than people who have been in the established parties for a long time. They are still in the minority. They do get elected, but they don't get elected nearly as often. So I don't actually think that it is an argument in your favor. Right now, it's something that just has been happening for a long time, and we're putting a lot more emphasis on it during the last two years and then years to come. I, I'm, I have a question for you, Angela, just to follow up on that. Do you think that a lot of these libertarians, <clears throat> excuse me, that ran locally uh, in nonpartisan offices, nonpartisan races, do you think that those libertarians or maybe more of them could have potentially had more success, even with the same ideas, if they were running at a, at a local level just under the banner of the Republican or Democratic Party? Or would you still contend that simply because they're outsiders and weren't members of that party or might have ideas that lie outside the fringes of those party that they would not be able to, to have that same success as, as if they did when they were actually running as big L libertarians. I don't think that the success level is going to be the same if they run as Republicans or Democrats. You think they'll have less success? Yeah, because the, the way that it works is if you want to join one of the two major parties, you need to take union money. You need to get the endorsements that libertarians ugh, at. It's really challenging. It's not impossible but it's challenging. And so if you're going to run as a Republican in these races and refuse to play by their rules, all of the Republicans know what you are. They sniff you out, they turn on you, and they're just not interested. 
I so told you, you to play by the rules, Angela. So take union money. And Do whatever then, it takes to get power, Angela. This is no, the, the country Theodore. is falling. The country is falling under authoritarian rule worse and worse every year. We got to do something. Instead of being right, we need to do something. I am so sorry, but it's like you have no political experience, so you don't understand. All right, that's the third time, Angela. Ad hominem attacks are not why I came here. I came here to discuss the theory that I have of abolishing the Libertarian Party. And in fact, I intentionally did not go after you or any of your previous campaigns because I wanted to keep it respectful. We don't need another Dave and Andy, but saying that I don't have any experience, therefore my ideas suck, is the worst argument I've ever heard. Come on. Let me just butt in for a a second. Sure. I would say, I, I, and I agree, maybe we shouldn't, you know, we should focus on the ideas at hand here. Uh, I think what Angela is just trying to say here is that you don't, she's just kind of just implying that maybe you haven't has had experience at local level politics and might not understand how it works. Not not to say that counters your argument, but to say more that like you, you might not just be seeing the fact that it does work for many libertarians as she is seeing it. That's that's my take on it. Well, first of all, definition of many, Mark, as the moderator. Come on, man. Many? Many? What's the percent, Mark? You're, you're, now you're saying many, buddy. What is percent. it? I don't know percent. I'm just saying. Okay. Is it many? That, that's many? That's all relative. That's up, that's up to the other. Right. Community. Out of what? Out of what? A lot more. Okay. So that's kind of my point. I think knowledge of the process is very important when you're theorizing about how to win a campaign. Putting all of this on my shoulders to figure out is not the goal of me coming on here. I'm not the libertarian Jesus. I'm just simply somebody who sees the error of the way being made by many libertarians. This is a somewhat popular idea that's growing every day on Twitter that I'm happy to see fomenting, which is, man, the libertarian party sucks. What if we just tried to get in power? If the system is rigged, why don't we get on the debate stage? Why, why do we play these games in which we try to be right instead of get power? So sorry to repeat myself, but I'll make it one more time. If you don't believe politics is about power, you're the one who has no idea what's going on. Gotcha. I'm very aware that it's about power, and I'm very aware that your strategy will not get us in power. I think part of this actually does come down to even just the way you both approach politics or what politics should be. Uh, to me, Theodore looks at it as the results. Just the results are what matter. doesn't quite matter how you get there because once you're in politics, you're playing politics. So you've already made that choice to sort of play the game. Whereas Angela looks at it more from, we should be consistent all across the board, our message and our methods and everything along the way. And uh, to me, that's the, that's the major difference that I just personally see within, within both of you guys. And I don't think we're going to get to, to uh, you know, we're going to resolve that in the confines of this conversation. But that's why I think that a lot of times you're going to end up kind of not seeing eye to eye no matter what, because you're just approaching the how you view politics in a totally different way. To hone my argument, I believe that Obvious inconsistency will not get you elected, and that it is it is incompatible to run a strong check every box Republican campaign and also include libertarian principles when you get into governance. I find right, and that, that's process incompatible. Yeah, the, the the principle thing again is what gets me. Is I don't think you're ever going to get substantial success sticking with all of these principles because I'm with you again. I mean, I'm a Libertarian Party member. I just joined today using Mark Clare's referral code through Lions Liberty. So I'm happy to be a member because I do agree. Lions Liberty. Quick plug. I do agree with libertarian principles. I do agree with anti-authoritarianism. 
It's just that if you're going to get in power, you got to do it somehow. And I don't think that it's necessarily incompatible with libertarianism to choose 10 or 20 percent of the items and take a freedom approach and take 80 or 90 percent. Just be populist. Get elected. It's like it's going to be difficult to get laws changed anyway. We're going to have to make a lot of sausage in order to use our power effectively in the long run. Pragmatism is the way forward with local elections. Maybe you should define principled. What's principled? What's pragmatic besides just 20%? What? I mean, what does it mean to you to run a principled campaign? Because you're saying that maybe it's not possible? Is that what you're saying? The, the problem with the principles is that they are a bit rigid. And in order to spread a lot of the ideas, I mean, for example, I'm the crowdfunded government guy. I'm the guy who would tell you, hey, we shouldn't even have taxes. Dude, I'm crazy. And that's a very libertarian position. So we shouldn't have taxes. We don't need them. Well, there might be better ways to propose a crowdfunded government than simply saying, let's end all taxes, right? One of the ideas would be, how about we just take 10% of the taxes, drop the taxes, and then you get to choose if you want to add 10% more, what you gave, give them to something else. So the idea that you have that, even though I'm an idealist when it comes to crowdfunded government, perfect example. You have to break it into chunks. You have to make it incremental. You have to make it palatable. And you have to win because, Angela, as you very well know, if you don't win politically, Political office, you don't get political power. But what would make someone principled versus pragmatic? So I think that lowering taxes and doing as much as you can within reason would make you principled. You're constrained when you run for office according to the law, or else you're going to get removed. Would you just say that, um, that Theodore, you see that it, it would be really difficult? to be a libertarian across the board as a politician and pragmatically get results? Is that is that how you would see the, Angela's approach, which would be being a principled libertarian across the board, doing whatever you can within the confines of that office? Exactly. It's it's a lot like the like what Ron Paul did, which was very effective, which was voting no on a hell of a lot of stuff, right? It was It was the ability to tell people, hey, no, no, no. But the problem is at some point, sausage has to be made. And we have to do something besides simply say everything is unconstitutional, which it is, by the way. This is the thing. Like, if you actually break down what the government does at a federal level, state level, even local level, I bet you if you check, very few of what we're doing, if you read a federal constitution or state constitution, should be happening. These are the kind of things that we could agree on as libertarians. But then you take it a step further, and then you say, okay, well, this is the only way that I'm going to do business as a politician. I believe in all of these ideas that are great libertarian ideas. But the problem is... They're unrealistic and they need to be tempered. They need to be incremental. In order to get in power, we have to somehow get a populist support. We have to somehow get the popular vote. That's the problem that I see. I think there's maybe a little bit of a false premise going on with what you think that all libertarians think will happen once they get into office. I, no one thinks that we're going to literally push a button to end the Fed or end all local taxes or, or whatever, whatever libertarian ideals we want to see accomplished. We can only do what, what we can literally do. Right. And that, that's what I'm saying is that to the voter, that's what it sounds like a lot of times when they listen to libertarians debate or give their, their stump speech. They're hearing way too many idealistic platitudes, which again, I believe in almost all of those idealistic platitudes that of the Fed, of the war, right? All these different things that sound great. And I agree with, they're logical. So that's just what I'm trying to emphasize is that in order to win, ideas must be tempered. And in order to win, you have to get the votes. In order well, to get then, the votes, somehow, 
you have to get in there. Well, then candidates need to work on their messaging. That would be a problem regardless of whether or not they ran libertarian, Republican, Democrat, or no party preference. That's a right. problem so that's, with candidates. So that's the argument that I have regarding decentralization. So that's why a top-down national LP setting the standards. I don't like it. I wish that at every state and especially every county, there was a much more diverse set of beliefs that represented what I would call anti-authoritarianism. Because your brand of libertarianism uh, in Los Angeles should look very different than a brand of libertarianism in the middle of Missouri. And that's okay, because you both are, you both are approaching a different electorate who has different goals, different expectations, and those have to be met. So that's my decentralization argument, that I don't like that we have these libertarian capital L principles that we try to push in every election, in every politician. Well, the party does look very different in LA County versus Missouri. My party is, looks much more left-leaning. We cater to the demographic. So that already no, exists. No, but that's what I'm trying to say, is that, for example, had you run as a Democrat, I believe you would have been quite successful. Now, would you have won? I don't know. But I, I listened to you. I listened to you speak. You have a lot of good things to say, but you killed it every time that you brought up liberty and the libertarianism. If all you stuck with was, I want you to be free, Stick to social issues. That's what Democrats want to talk about. Hit them with the hit them with freedom on social issues. That's how you succeed. And that's what I mean is that at a at a if you're a libertarian running in Los Angeles, you're going to be on a different brand than if you're a libertarian running in Missouri because you're going to be on a Republican brand. So you're going to be talking more about economic freedom. So these are the different things that you would run differently. And that's decentralization to me is not one message, but thousands of messages, whichever one gets the person who believes in freedom in the most power as quickly as possible. I appreciate this, but I mean, none of this is new. Jimmy Gomez won because it was handed to him by the state Democratic Party. And uh, what was it? Uh, the Korean guy came in second because he had $400,000 in donations, you know. That's another, that's another problem. It's really difficult to get uh, the donor money. Uh, we didn't even so, discuss that yet. No, and, th and that's okay. Spreading the message of liberty has been a long point, but I would like to jump off of it for one final technical discussion, if I may. Go for it. I think it's fine. All right. The final problem that I have with Libertarian Party or third parties in general is that the United States features a first-past-the-post electoral system. So I would like to ask you, do you understand the political science and game theory that virtually, statistically, makes it impossible for third parties to succeed in a mature first-past-the-post voting system? Tell me specifically what you mean. I am referring to the fact that majority rules and that two parties will always be the mathematical result of a majority rules electoral system because the two parties are incentivized to work together to eliminate competition, as we see time and time again. So given that we have a first past the post voting system in which the majority wins, plurality wins, depending on exactly how it's done. We don't have ranked choice voting. We don't have uh, some of the more uh, European styles of democracy in which you are allowed to have coalitions and all you need to do is get a certain percentage. We have a must have the plurality. So with that in mind, how in the world do you see third parties succeeding given that there are two parties that are rigging the system top to bottom across the country? Well, I'm obviously very familiar with that, having run for Congress twice and being on the executive committee of a bunch of stuff. Uh, we just talked about local campaigns and running grassroots competition, things like things of that nature at the local level when your party letter isn't actually attached to your name on the ballot. So that's sort of my emphasis right now. I don't care if we don't win a presidential election for another 50 years.
That doesn't, that doesn't, that's not a priority for me. I'm not, I'm not talking about national level. I'm again, okay. simply speaking about the duopoly having a grasp in people's minds, even at the local levels. They, people are a Republican or they are a Democrat. And the L stands for loser. And they don't want to vote for them because yellow loses every time. Okay. Well, I think I've already sort of explained my views on that and how difficult it is to infiltrate their ranks. Okay. Well, from, again, from a political science game theory perspective, how does the third party overtake the duopoly? Okay. So what you actually need to do is you need to look and see what local positions are open. Are local positions on committees open? Are they open by appointment or are they open by election? Who has filled them for the last 10 years? You need to find out a whole lot of data and attack those positions. There's a whole long explanation and roadmap for doing this. It's called Operation First Steps. It was very successful in Los Angeles in the early 2000s under Aaron Starr. Marcos Morales also read, led a very active and successful campaign with it in Florida. If people continue to do those things instead of running for congressional campaigns because they don't know any better, like I didn't, I didn't know that it was dumb to run for a congressional office when I ran. Uh, as long as they're getting good advice, then I think you're going to start to see more success. And you have to also focus it in places where the electoral, uh, the population is going to be amenable to what you're doing. So for example, in Los Angeles County, we have libertarians on city, uh, not city council, on neighborhood councils. LA is so huge, city council is broken up by neighborhood council. And the way, the places that they run and win successfully are areas where we have more registered libertarian voters and uh, Republicans who are friendly to libertarians. It's a very data heavy statistics process, but it absolutely can be done. We just need more people to do it. How many years do you want, Angela, before you admit that I'm right? I don't think you're right at all. I think that's just a random phrase you just threw out because you're trying to it's be an the, edgelord. Libertarians, libertarians have been trying your strategy for 50 years, varieties of it. You're acting like all of a sudden this year is this new libertarian plan or 20 years ago we tried this new libertarian plan. 50 years, how many do you want? How many years do you want for yours? Because I guess they've been trying it your way the same length of time and it didn't work out. So Who has tried what my way? My, my way of ending libertarian party has not been tried. I'm here to do it. Oh, I think we've reached so the point. I think we've reached the point where we're kind of getting into some of the same points over and over, kind of repeating ourselves. I don't think we're going to make much more headway from this point on. So I would like to move on to just our closing statements. And then we will let uh, the viewers decide. I'll post a po poll in our Patreon first because uh, Patreon's getting early access to this stuff. People are watching it, the live stream in our secret Facebook group. I'll also post it to our Patreon feed, which you guys both have, both members of the Lions of Liberty Pride. So you agree on that much that Lions of Liberty is the greatest libertarian variety show on earth. So that, that part's good. Uh, and then uh, one once the show is released as well, I'll try to do, you know, we don't, we don't have the ability to really do true Oxford style uh, before and after voting, but we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll put another poll out there in our public forum, the Lions of Liberty forum, and uh, we'll get a couple, a couple of gauges. We'll see what the pride thinks, and uh, we'll see what the public thinks in general, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. But until then, fr friends, uh, why don't you each give it your last all here. Uh, Theodore, you were in favor of the resolution that the LP should be abolished. Ab abolished. Uh, I will give you the last word on that before I let Andrew offer her final rebuttal. Libertarian Party should be abolished. If we want to be effectively spreading the message of liberty, we need to do so lowercase. So that's without a capital L libertarian, maybe considering some different phrasing. We need to do it locally. We need to completely stop the state and the national efforts until we have a severe 
groundswell of success infiltrating the duopoly at the local levels. And we need to decentralize it because what works in Los Angeles may not work in Missouri. And we need to specialize each of these organizations for exactly who we are trying to uh, infiltrate and different strategies. Decentralization, bottom up. I thought that's what libertarians were all about. Thank you, Mark. All right, Angela, last statement goes to you. Why are you against the idea that the Libertarian Party should be abolished? The argument to abolish the LP is a poorly thought out fantasy espoused by people with no political experience or wisdom. It's like saying, I want to get rid of the Dr. Pepper factory. If I can just get rid of the factory and all of the workers and CEO, they'll just go over to Coke and Pepsi and make them better. Trying to take down the LP is also a terrible way to spend your time. Do something productive, like running for local office, helping out a liberty-minded candidate, working on an initiative to legalize psychedelics or lower taxes, or helping businesses stay open during this bullshit lockdown that we're all stuck in right now. People who want to run Liberty Republican campaigns should absolutely do so. People who want to run Liberty Democrat campaigns, I guess they should do so too. Independents can run independent campaigns when election laws allow it. Non-voting anarchists can engage in non-political activism. No one is forced to engage with the LP if they don't want to. Many liberty-minded people, however, will never want to be associated with Republican or Democrat parties for good reason. Last night's presidential debate is a prime example of why. The two major parties are full of inoperable cancer. Taking away LP access to the ballot, state-level debate stage, and media is extremely stupid. The LP exists to call out the two major parties when they're seriously wrong. We lose this advantage when we're not able to create a united front through a countering political party when that's relevant. The Libertarian Party has an opportunity to advance in local elections and gain traction with ballot initiatives, and we are seeing some success with this once we focus our efforts on it. The focus of electoral activity does not have to be on federal or even state-level elections. The LP is also a place for politically-minded people to congregate without the poison of the two major parties. The LP connects other like-minded people together and gives birth to local and philosophical uh, political clubs agorist markets, and freedom-oriented communities. The LP also pushes the Overton window in the direction of liberty by being the first political party to embrace the basic freedoms that have sadly become controversial. Things like support for gay marriage, letting businesses set their own wages and hours, defending the Second Amendment. By putting ourselves on the front line, we absorb the worst attacks from mainstream media and pearl-clutching ideologues and thought leaders, and we facilitate the normalcy of freedom. People with no political experience who want to dissolve the LP should find a new hobby. There are hardworking people in the LP who use the party to further the message of freedom, and sometimes we get elected. There hasn't been a single good point made to abolish the party, and there's no decipherable way to do it anyway. I wouldn't have been able to get on the news so easily for my anti-lockdown protests in Los Angeles County without the name of the party behind me. I wouldn't have had the same level of media attention or the same draw or the same draw at my protests. The LP can and is used for good. Many of the party's toughest critics are people looking from the outside in with no better plans and no political experience. The LP party exists and it's here to stay. There are over 600,000 registered libertarians and that's only in about 32 states because you can't actually register a libertarian in every state. We've recently had four members in state legislature. We have one currently in Congress. 168 libertarians held local on state level offices in 2017. Approximately 231 are currently holding office that I know of. Gary Johnson had nearly 4.5 million votes in 2016, and he came up from a little over 1.25 million in 2012. 
People aren't interested. Interest is growing. The party absolutely needs better management, but we're getting there. If we continue to clean up the party, we'll continue to grow our support, especially at the local level. We're opposing the tyranny and absurdity of the two-party system. We're moving in the right direction. We're not interested in getting sucked into either of the beasts. If you don't want to join it or improve it, leave the Libertarian Party alone. All right. Well, thank you to both of you. Um, yeah, we got a little testy a little bit here and there, but for the most part, for, for really all the part, you guys were respectful and uh, it didn't turn into a shit show. So that is really all I can ask. Uh, I think you guys have very different views about politics, very different views on your approach. Uh, but at the end of the day, as we talked a little bit about off air, uh, I think your guys' actual views in terms of what you want to see in the world is probably very, very similar. Uh, and I, I, I like, admire, and respect both of you. So thank you for both of you coming on uh, and debating this topic. At this point, all we can do is leave it up to the audience. That's, that's what we're here for. We're here to put out the idea ideas do our best give our best pitch and let the people decide so that's what i'm going to do after this uh thank you guys so much for joining us thank you for uh, having us live stream i know the lions liberty pride there have already been people tweeting about this thing uh so our patreon members always get early access to stuff like this to live streams and uh early uh, early releases like this one will be released uh, as soon as uh, hopefully tonight if not tomorrow morning we'll see we'll see how tired i get but uh thanks to both of you guys i really do appreciate you coming on taking this time to discuss this topic i wish you both all the best of luck keep up the great work and everything you do keep on roaring Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Theodore. Have a great Thanks, night. Mark. Thanks, Angela. All right, Liberty Kitty Cats. I hope you enjoyed that. Well, very fun debate, I will say. I had a good time uh, listening to Angela and Theodore go back and forth. Uh, I've known Angela personally for a couple of years through her work out here in the Libertarian Party of Los Angeles, and I have known uh, Theodore here through his work with crowdfunded government through the podcasting world for a couple of years as well. Individually, I respect both of what they are doing, let me just say that. So no matter where you fall on today's debate on the subject of the Libertarian Party, I do encourage you to check out both of them. Follow them on Twitter. I will uh, post links to their Twitter accounts over on today's show notes page, which you can find at the brand spanking new lionsofliberty.com, which is paid for by money from, of course, the Lions of Liberty Pride, our supporters on Patreon. You get access to all sorts of exclusive bonus audio content, live streams, our secret Pride Facebook group, and so much more for as little as $5 a month. Head over to patreon.com slash lionsofliberty, and it's a great time to join because all patrons get a discount at the Lions of Liberty store of 20% off, even higher if you join up at the Mufasa level, $25 a month and above. That's where you actually get 30% off, where we actually lose a little bit of money there. So that's a really great deal. But at $5, or higher, you get 20% off, and we have some amazing new t-shirts. Not only do we have the Taxation is Death t-shirt that we just rolled out, uh, but this week debuted the uh, Mr. Miyagi, or is it really Mr. Miyagi? Probably not for trademark purposes, but a Mr. Miyagi-esque figure, the Wax On Tax Off t-shirt. You gotta check it out. Head over to lionsofliberty.store to check out all of the Lions of Liberty branded t-shirts and of course to get that 20% discount the coveted 20% off just join our patreon patreon.com slash lions of liberty of course our patrons also got early access to this debate as well as the live stream and the video uh, with theodore and angela as well of course my friends do not forget it's not just me here at lions of liberty bringing you the flagship every single monday we've also got my compatriots in liberty my fellow lions starting with brian mcwilliams every single wednesday with his weekly show of comedy, culture, and liberty on Electric Liberty Land, while John Odie Odermatt wraps things up every single Friday with his hard-hitting and inspiring look at the broken criminal justice system 
on Felony Friday. Three shows for the price of one. That price is free, my friends. All you got to do is smash that subscribe button on your favorite podcatcher, Apple. While you're there, maybe leave us a five-star rating and a great review. Just an idea. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts now. We're pretty much everywhere, guys. If you know how to find podcasts, you know how to find Lions of Liberty. So we do appreciate all of you for checking out the show each and every week, three times per week, here on the greatest libertarian variety show on earth. And if you just can't get enough of us, we got some spinoffs, too. Some non-Liberty-related spinoffs. Of course, Brian and Odie, along with Rico, do the weekly Bravo and Beer, looking at some atrocity reality TV shows over some beers, of course, while myself and our good friend Remzo Martinez of the We Are Libertarians Network and On The Run, well, together we team up for a superhero team-up known as the Second Print Comics Podcast, where we look at all sorts of comic characters, movies, events, storylines, all the stories that make up the characters you know and love today, we take a look down at the stories that shaped our fandom over on the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com or, of course, Second Print Pod, anywhere you find us on social media. That's all I got, folks. I have been plugging away for like three minutes right here. I think it's time for me to let you go because guess what? I know we got the flagship every Monday, but, you know, it's It's October. And October is spooky season, but it's also election season. And I've got a lot of people coming on that have uh, some elections of some kind coming up in early November. So because of that, I wanted to bump up their episodes, make sure I get them in uh, so they have a little time to simmer before the, uh, you guys actually go out there and potentially cast ballots for them. So I do have a bonus episode coming tomorrow. This is an interview with the Libertarian in Chief on Twitter, Mr. Todd Hagopian, who's running for a very interesting position over in Oklahoma. So we'll be doing a bonus episode with Todd tomorrow. Just another reason to smash that damn subscribe button. You don't want to miss anything, my friends. And until next time, live long and live free.